You're listening to the Staffa Corner Podcast, a Staffatarian look at entertainment and life with your host, Greg Staffa. My guest tonight is a legendary stuntman. Uh, you've seen him on shows like Blacklist, Purse of Interest, Limitless, Netflix's Daredevil, uh, assortment of movies including John Wick and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I'd like to introduce Pete Klein. Pete, thanks for joining us today. Uh, my pleasure, Greg. It's great speaking with you. Tell us a little bit about your background growing up before you got into stunt work. I know that you worked for uh, CBS Sports. Yeah, what yeah, for a long, long, long time. What goes from that into stunt work? Well, I always kind of liked the idea. Uh, I won't say always, but after graduating from college, uh, where I went to school, Boston College, I came down to New York and um, through a couple of other jobs, kind of decided to focus on working in television. I was an athlete in college, played football at BC, and thought that that was probably the easier way into the the television industry and got work um first with their research uh, with CBS Sports research staff and then moved on to their graphics department and and had a couple of positions there but uh that's kind of that, that was always sort of like freelance work and left me a lot of uh, availability to do other things and and part of those other things were were sort of Chasing down a childhood dream of, of becoming a professional stuntman. Wow, that's that's quite the leap. And I guess my biggest question for someone like you is, what is the definition of a stunt? I mean, when we think of stunts, we think of a guy falling off a 10-story building or a, a massive car crash. It's a little more complicated than that. What is a stunt? Well, uh, I mean, I think uh, a lot of times that's defined by the Screen Actors Guild um, it, in regards to doubling, it, you know, is something that um, uh, an actor shouldn't be doing, basically, um, because of various danger levels or, or, or things like that. But, uh, but you're right. I mean, there's a, a pretty loose interpretation of, of what could be considered a stunt, um, you know, and not all of them are big, big falls like 10-story buildings and car crashes. Um, you know, sometimes it's it's a little more simplistic. Um, and that could be, you know, I mean, it could be something as simple as running down the street and, and you know, dodging a couple of pedestrians. And those pedestrians might be stunt people as opposed to background actors, depending on how physical that's supposed to, uh, that, that shot's supposed to be. So, you know, you might have a, a stunt person doubling, a, you know, just for example, like a 70 year old woman, um, who's got to somehow run down, a, run down the street and get out of the way of pedestrians and, and things like that. And, you know, that there, you might have three or four stunt people working in that scene and you throw a car in there or something like that, or a bicyclist and, you know, there's a couple more. So, uh, you know, it could be something more or, or less complex and less physical, um, such as that. Or, you know, you could have your, your car crashes and things uh, of that nature. So now, are stuntmen kind of the, the doctors of film? And what I mean by that is, 
you know, nowadays you used to go see a doctor and he would do everything. Now there's a throat, ears, and nose specialist. There's a, you know, orthopedic specialist. There's a specialist in everything. When you say you're a stuntman, do you have like a specific, I'm the, the this and that guy that they hire when they need someone to do this and that? Or is it pretty much, you know, once you break it down, stunts are pretty much stunts? Well, I mean, I've always felt that it was best to be a generalist um, in that regard. That's not the case for everybody. Some people are, are really, really great um, drivers, and they might not be the best people for fight choreography, for example. Um, you know, that's pretty – those are two very different, distinct um, skill sets. So, you know, the, I think that that's a, a very easy example to, uh, to, to, to strike. But, uh, you know, my, my goal was always to be able to do everything. And there was a point in the, you know, a time in the industry where, um, if you were going in for an audition, they would ask you a question, something like that, um, you know, in regards to your ability. And the, you know, the, the, the proper answer would be all expected abilities. Um, so that, that was something that I kind of carried with me. Um, and, and tried to get to that point, uh, you know, across all the different um, areas where some person might uh, find themselves in a, in a day's work. And many people, I think, just casually would assume that you're a thrill taker, a risk taker, uh, someone that likes the, the kind of adrenaline rush. But usually it's a lot more broken down and structured, uh, I would imagine. What goes into you wanting to be a stuntman i mean is it a thrill or is it is it more scientific of you know angles and this is how you fall properly if i do this the risk is minimalized yeah i mean it's definitely more calculated than thrill seeker type um daredevil stuff uh you know the stunts that we do for tv shows and things like that or you know if it's fight choreography it's usually rehearsed pretty well um not always for television shows you don't have you know two or three days to to work through choreography always but uh just because of the nature of the scheduling um and of course budgets play a part in that now uh more so than ever i suppose uh, my background as an athlete was the thing that that kind of drew me more and more to this um i'm certainly not a thrill seeker type uh you know never been bungee jumping i've never been skydiving those are things that you know, people often uh, associate with with that type of uh, uh, that type of mindset. Um, and, and like I said, my background was more as an athlete, and that was sort of the approach that I took and and uh, continued that with you know even as I became a stuntman and and applied that in terms of training and and preparation and things like that. And then uh, again, um, expanding my my own skill set to to do as much as I could possibly do, whether that was rigging, driving, fighting, falling, you know, uh, I, I did a bunch of um, water rescue training in, in a couple different uh, areas. Um, and that's, uh, that, that, that's sort of the, the approach that I've taken again, like more, more of an athletic type of uh, type of approach. Now, do you think stuntmen are kind of becoming unappreciative I mean, when you look at like even something like IMDb, you know, a lot of your work is uncredited. You gotta say to yourself, "Hey, I took a fall or I took a punch for that. That should be credit." Why? Why isn't there more admiration for a skill? 
Yeah, I don't know that you'll find that as much in the case of, of people who are doubling actors. Um, but I do think that that happens because a lot of times the, the stunt cast list often gets blown up um, because of these massive, you know, uh, scenes that might be crowd scenes. I, I think of like uh, Batman, uh, you know, the Dark Knight. Um, massive, massive fight, crowd fight scenes, right? Um, and well, I didn't even work on that particular, uh, those particular days, but I do know how those were planned for and, and things like that. So, you know, the idea of listing you know, or crediting even appropriately, I mean, cause they do get listed on, on services like IMDB and stuff, crediting those properly, you know, you're talking about a, a massive, a, a massive, a massive list that that's added to the credit roll. I mean, you just can't always fit that stuff in there. I don't think. I don't think it's practical. What been mm-hmm. your favorite day on a set or something that you can watch that movie or watch that clip and say that was me and I can't believe I did that or I'm that's my proudest. Is there like a proudest moment or is it just a job? Well, like going to work. Yeah. No. I mean, the, the stuff that I got to work on. And the stuff I got to do with in John Wick, the uh, the first John Wick, was really something that I mean I, I won a it was part of the award a Taurus Award winning fight team for that uh, for that film, and um, you know working with some really incredible guys from the eighty seven eleven um, fight team and you know the the directors Chad Stahelski and, and David Leach um, were founders of that uh, of that group, uh, then went on to become directors of course in their own right. Um, but, uh, but, you know, that, that would be the, the work that I would say really to me, I, I feel pretty great about, I mean, that, uh, fight scene that we won the award for, um, definitely, you know, I think I died several times in that scene, um, just as the way we're, you know, sort of recycled as, as just masked bad guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but, uh, probably like a close runner up would be. Uh, the stuff I've done on on the Netflix Daredevil series, um, again part of that uh, pretty iconic uh, hallway fight scene from the first season. Um, you know, when working with uh, guys like Phil Silvera uh, and the whole group that we had uh, assembled there for that uh, for that fight was was pretty awesome. And Chris Brewster as as the Daredevil double was incredible. It's just the amount of uh, beats that he had to just internalize and hit for, for the, that shot to work as a oneer. Um, you know, the no cut, uh, type shot was, uh, was just incredible. And they've tried to recreate it several different times, but never to that extent where have just, and maybe we just got so used to it after that scene, but yeah, that, yeah, yeah. that scene down that hallway is just one for, so to be a part of that, wow, congratulations on that. Yeah, thank you. So um, you've also been shows like Prince of Interest, Limitless. Can you tell us a little bit about working on those? Yeah, um, Person of Interest was was great. You know, it had a nice long run. Um, Blacklist was, uh, you know, it was probably a show that I've worked the most on, apart from the Tonight Show with Jimmy Fallon, and they're much different, uh, much different um, types of shows. But uh, you know, I got to double uh, Ryan Eggold for several seasons during the his run on Blacklist, and um, you know, working with him was, was very cool, and, and we got to do some pretty cool stuff. 
Now, when you work with someone like Ryan and he goes on to do another show, do they ever say, hey, you know, my stunt double for the blacklist was Pete. Can I get him for New Amsterdam for a scene that I need to do? Or does it become kind of that camaraderie when you're working with an actor as a stunt double versus just being a stunt man on a on a show? Yeah, I think it, it, it typically does if, it, you know, particularly if that's uh, a relationship that stretches over the course of, you know, several seasons or at least, you know, several weeks. Sometimes it, it all just sort of depends on the story arc, I think. But, um, but yeah, I mean, in the case of Ryan, uh, I developed a pretty good relationship with the guy. And although um, I couldn't really double him on anything that they did on New Amsterdam um, due to an injury and stuff, uh you know, he's still somebody that uh, at that time in, in both of our careers, we were really good working together. Nice. And what kind of yeah. work did you do in Person of Interest? Gosh, I mean, everything, you know, we did uh, that, that had a nice, a pretty nice run um, here in the New York area. Uh, it was uh, being shot. So um, I didn't double James Caviezel very often uh maybe once or twice inserted there where uh the you know the 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 regular um stunt double tony vincent had to either be you know in a different place at a different time or you know doing double duty somewhere else um but apart from that i think it was just a lot of regular uh you know bad guy wrong time wrong wrong place Type of, type of stunt work, stuntman stuff. That show has some of the best fight music of any TV show, I think. Hasn't <laughs> it? I think so. Just the way that, uh, yeah, that yeah. when things get going, it played the same music all the time, and you can just hear it in your head. He's Caviezel is someone that I've always wanted to interview. I got to say hi to him once, but uh-huh. all these days, it's just no. Oh, he's fantastic, and he really, um, you know, seeing him work through fight choreography and and how he internalizes it. And, um, you know, him working with, uh, Anthony Vincent, um, on all that fight choreography and stuff like that over the, the run of the show was, um, was really cool, really cool process. And, and he's was very, he got very, very good at it. Now, are you able to sit back and watch a series? Cause like person of interest and even blacklist is something that I, I guess I think of as having a lot of stunt work or having a lot of, you know, fights and stuff like that. Is that a show that you're able to sit back as just a guy and watch and not be all like, ooh, that's, he threw it there and that's where he pulled it and that's where he... Are you able to watch and enjoy it as a fan or is it too businessy to look at? Funny, um, I haven't watched a whole lot of the stuff I've worked on. Um, so, I, you know, there, there are moments where I see things that I did uh, do or even, you know, watching shows... Um, where I know the the people who were the stunt people, you know, um, I enjoy it as a fan. Uh, I don't, um, I don't pick it apart. I don't, you know, look for mistakes or anything like that. I really, uh, I really like to watch it and just kind of be in the, the show. And it, it's, it's cool to recognize, you know, a guy or a girl who um, is doing a stunt and say, like, Oh yeah, there's, you know, there's whoever it is. Um, you know, it, it, in that regard, it, it, it's very cool to to just know the people um, 
and and certainly if it's a bigger stunt and you you know then you kind of have some insight as to how they did it or even curiosity as to how they might have done it you know that that i think that's different than you know trying to pick apart the uh, a fight scene or, or look for mistakes uh, I, don't, I wouldn't want to do that i like to keep it kind of positive and, and enjoy it now for something like netflix uh, daredevil you mentioned the the hallway scene what goes into a scene like that as far as prep from where you're you're hired to where it's actually put on camera? Yeah, I mean, we had a couple of days of rehearsal for that. I mean, you know, a scene like that to be shot with with no cuts. Um, you know, I think it, it might have taken us like 15 takes uh, over the course of that night. Um, and, you know, some of that is the choreography itself, but then you add in the um the camera as a basically an additional piece that needs to be choreographed um you know and, and a vital piece at that of course um you know that 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 is a whole other level of um uh, you know just one more one more piece of the puzzle um and you know knowing how we did our rehearsals uh with you know with Phil Silvera basically holding, uh, uh, you know, uh, doing a handheld camera shot, stepping over us as, you know, he's kind of, as fight choreography is going around and we're all getting individually knocked out. And, you know, he's kind of dancing around as if, you know, he's the camera, the camera rig that we're going to be shooting with. Um, That was pretty damn impressive as well. Wow. That scene is so iconic. It was really, I mean, we knew, we knew when we were working on it, that it was something special. Um, but I remember when the first trailer came out and it showed, mm-hmm. I think it was the first trailer showed that scene and it was just, my God, continuous shot of just mayhem. Yeah. It, you know, it was great is that, um, working, I got to work on Bushwick shortly after we did that, uh, after that, uh, first season had concluded and had, had, you know, been released by Netflix um, and the sort of part of the, the shooting style for Bushwick was everything was a, uh, was a one and they were just kind of stitched together based on little hidden cuts. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was a, the stunt coordinator for that and, and it really was a, a blessing to have had that experience working with, uh, Philip Silvera when we did the, that hallway stuff. Um, so I had a real understanding just after a, a you know a couple of days of rehearsal and a couple of days of, well just the one day of shooting, um, yeah I had a real uh, got a real education uh, you know at least a short form education in, into how you know you need to open your mind up to to do those those types of shots because you know working in stunts you know and we had stunt doubles that we had to switch in and out. And, um, you know, trying to figure that stuff out so that the camera work could work for a oneer was, was just tricky, you know. Um, but uh, just a wonderful challenge. I mean, we do these, you know, by the time we got to Bushwick and we were shooting stuff that had to do with stunts, you know, we might do a two-hour rehearsal right there on the street, um, getting the you know the camera synced up with the 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 actors movements and then you know figuring out are we switching in a stunt person to double um britney snow or or anything like that you know or, or any of the other people that we used uh, doubles for david he's such a nice guy he was amazing 
He was so awesome. I had a chance to interview him. Uh, Did you? Two years ago. Uh, Red Carpet okay. near uh, Stuber. And then from going from that to like to TV, is there, or, well, Netflix is TV, but going from something like John Wick to The Blacklist, is there a big change in how, you know, the unions have things set up or how you're able to do things? Or is it pretty much the lines kind of not there when it comes to being different from TV to, to film? Yeah, I mean, in that regard, uh, I mean, the union's the same, right? It's all the Screen Actors Guild and now with the after merger and, and things like that. Um, but, I mean, the, the way that that fight team, um, the 8711 guys, the way that they operate is just, uh, I mean, that's hard to match, um, you know, in terms of, of preparation, rehearsal time, and, and just the amount of time that they put in uh, by themselves, uh, in terms of developing the choreography, um, you know, a, a television show is not going to take that time to to do choreography, uh, and that that's generally the the biggest difference I would say. You just don't have the time to do it. I mean, the the fight team from Daredevil was absolutely super talented, but you know, they're a TV show with a different type of budget and uh, a much, much different schedule. So, you know, to, to think that you could get more than two days to rehearse a, a, a five minute fight scene or whatever that was uh, for the hallway, um, you just, you're not going to get much beyond that. Does that lead to different risks or different perilous positions that you're putting yourself in by not having that? that uh... No, I mean, you know, I've always, and I haven't choreographed fight scenes like either of those examples. Um, I think a lot can be accomplished in, in six hours, but that's, you know, either that's a, a low budget type of thinking or, um, you know, more of a television background coming from, from more of a television background. Um, you know, uh, but it's like anything. I mean, the more you practice something, the better you're going to be at it. And if you can justify um, having, you know, a month of rehearsal or whatever it is, you know, leading up to, and that's all part of, you know, pre-production planning, really. Um, you know, it's part of the 8711 pre-production type of um, process. Uh, you know, it's just so much smoother and. You know, the, the guys from that team know, uh, you know, they know pretty much everybody's fight choreography. So whether it's their part or somebody else's, they know exactly where everybody's going to be, uh, you know, during the, that particular shot and fight scene. Is stunhood or stunman, being a stuntman, is that kind of a brotherhood and sisterhood or is it a competitive job market or a little bit of both? It's definitely both. Absolutely. Um, you know, not everybody gets along always, um, or sometimes not ever. Uh, and, and that's based on competition and, and personality and, and, you know, lots of things that, that could go into, uh, that could kind of factor in. But I think when it comes down to it, everybody wants to go home safely. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, for the most part, we want to spread the, you know, want, you want to be able to spread the work around and and see that everybody who who can work is working, and 
you know, so in that regard and, and, and when they're, when they are working, they're, they're doing it safely and they're doing it well. Um, so yeah, in that regard, it is that brotherhood, sisterhood type of mentality. Now, when you're doing stunt work for like Ryan Eggold and you're doing it for multiple, multiple episodes, are you paying attention to what's going on with his character or don't you really care? You're just thinking about the next stunt and how to do it safely or what goes into your surrounding environment, I guess is the word I'm looking for. As far as Uh what's going on, does the storyline mean anything to you? Are you trying to figure out, you know, or is it just you're focused on your stunt and then when they yell cut and put Ryan back in? Yeah, that's a great question because, um, I might have kind of two answers for you. Um, for me, I think it was, you know, a little more simple in terms of just kind of doing the, the bits that I was there to do. Um, the, you know, the stunt part of it, but I also know that, you know, if you're really, really, you know, if you're really involved in doubling that actor, uh, you know, the proper thing to do. I mean, I would pick up if the, you know, Ryan's character, um, was supposed to have a, you know, a, 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 an injury or something like that. You know, that, that's something that we would be discussing and would figure out kind of how to do it. And, and that in the example of working with Ryan, those are things that we both kind of worked together on. It's like, you know, how would, how would we do this? And, you know, a lot of it for me was like, well, what feels comfortable for you? And I could try to match that. Um, you know, we had moments like that. Um, I would say, you know, the better approach always is to be able to match whatever your actor is is doing um, as closely as possible. And a lot of times that presents itself, you know, whether it's, you know, somebody running, just simply running, um, but also, you know, left-handed, right-handed type of action, things like that, you know, are there examples. And then for a, a, a show, like I saw that you were on Bull once. Uh, we oh, brought it yeah. for one episode. Is that kind of a fun new? Ooh, this is a new day and a new job for one. I mean, how does that kind of contrast uh, the opposite, opposite spectrum of things? Do you like doing stuff like that? I mean, I know the paycheck would be nice to have a regular, you know, guy that you're mimicking like with Ryan. But do you enjoy those kind of one-offs where you go in for something and kind of meet everyone and kind of do your thing, or is it kind of just another day in the office? Yeah, I think it more feels like, you know, this is another day on a different job and, you know, tomorrow I'm going, you know, back to the Tonight Show or, you know, maybe I'm off for a couple of days and the following week I'm, you know, back at Blacklist or, you know, something else. Um, yeah, just sort of dropping in from day to day. I mean, you know, the crew, the crews that are, are working TV shows and, and and films that are coming into town generally there's some recycling um of people so you know you might recognize the hair and makeup the hair and makeup people um from one job to the next job even if you're you know even if you're in for a day there here and day there um you know there's there's a lot of familiarity with the the crews um so it kind of just feels a lot like it's you know it doesn't even matter so much that it's a separate job, you know, whether it's bull or limitless or, you know, any of the other ones that have kind of dropped in for a day here and there. And is, is stuntman 
Is it kind of a dying breed, or do you think it'll be something that's always around? I mean, we're seeing shows like Mandalorian, where everything is digital, the threats are digital, the surroundings are digital, and, you know, instead of jetpacking over, you know, 100 feet in the air, they're two feet off the ground on a wire, and there's no real risk to them. Is that, is, are we losing, you know, stunts? Is that becoming a thing of the past, or is it just evolving? Uh, I think it's evolving. Uh, I don't think you're losing a lot of that. I mean, there might be a little bit less in terms of, you know, as we talked about earlier, um, you know, giant crowd scenes. It might be easier to just digitally multiply, you know, this group of 20 people and, you know, make them look like 20 other people over there and 20 other people over in the other corner. And, you know, if you're just doing a lot of that um, big uh, action scene, um, you know, crowds and things like that um, might be easier to do that type of stuff. I mean, I I think, you know, just looking at what the, um, the E series rate, the E racing series um, look, you know, have made cars look like, on these uh, racing simulators, mm-hmm. just seeing what what's happened over the uh, the quarantine, um, the i series, and and things like that. I mean, a little scary to see what they can make make a, a digital car do, um, and how good that stuff can look. But I, I, you know, I think for the most part, there's still a need for stunt people, at least uh, presently. Um, it does seem like the industry is going through some changes, not just in terms of of stunts and action and things like that. But in terms of just what's being consumed. Yeah. Yeah. I I wonder what a show like person of interest or like limitless that are shot, you know, in New York or something, how would that would look today in a post a post COVID era, you know, these crowded New York streets from person of interest, how are they, you know, a lot less crowded. Yeah. Just because of yeah. 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 I mean, city shooting around the city has always been difficult in that regard. Um, you know, um, maybe it's a little easier right now. Um, there's less people walking around depending on neighborhoods and things like that. But, um, yeah, the, the, the kind of trying to get some degree of control of, of streets and things like that is, has always been pretty darn, pretty darn tricky. And you said you were kind of a generalist in, in as far as the stunts you do. Do you have a particular favorite thing that you enjoy or feel that you're exceptionally good at or, like this is my bread and butter stunt or what's, um what's i really yeah i really liked the fights um and and the the, the things that kind of went along with that so taking the falls a lot of the body stuff um so you know again being a being an athlete and, and things like that i like the physicality of the fight scenes um working with the guys from 8711 or the daredevil team um you know very very physical type of choreography and uh you know that was that was always i really enjoyed that um you know in terms of individual stunts i really i got very accustomed to and and kind of learned to enjoy uh stair falls oh really yeah yeah i felt like uh, that was something that um you know one of my the first things i did for uh jimmy fallon back when he was the uh the late night show um was a, a stair fall through his uh, audience and um, dressed as Abe Lincoln. And uh, I've kind of loved them ever since. Huh. Yeah. That to me is a little weird, but <laughs> stair fall. Wow, that's, that's something that just seems so, when you do it right, it's so fluid. But at the same yeah. time, it just sounds awful. 
Yeah, well, I mean, the uh, I, I know from uh, from other like female stunt uh, performers, uh, they sometimes don't have all the luck of of you know being able to protect themselves with under under wardrobe and things like that. So I've kind of had it easy whenever I've had to do them. Um, you know, if I've done them again for the Tonight Show in a turkey costume. Like plenty of room for padding under sure. a turkey costume. Uh, a lot less so if you're supposed to be in an evening gown wearing heels and you know do a trip and fall down a flight of stairs. That's uh, uh, not as enviable. Mm. And you've spent a lot of time with actors, actresses. Do you ever get the Hollywood bug? No. Um, I mean, I've had uh, yeah, I've had opportunities to to deliver lines and things like that. And it was again, I'd much rather fall down a flight of stairs than. Than have a have to hit a line or or something like that. So <laughs> um, that uh, that that's sort of where I've always kind of had my head. And for someone younger listening, what kind of advice would you give to someone that wants to be stuntman or stunt woman? Um, I mean, I would say it's not something you can really go to you- college for. No, well, I mean, there are schools for training and things like that, and that's a great way to get that sort of generalist um, exposure uh, or, or at least skill development. Um, the, the exposure sort of comes differently. I mean, it's I, I'll say this. Um, I know the initiatives that were coming out uh, prior to the COVID uh, outbreak um, would have made things a little easier for somebody to get into the business. And I think that that's a lot less so now that there are a lot of restrictions as to who can be on set or even around the set uh, and, you know, who can be speaking to who. I mean, you know, it used to be this, uh, I mean, the, the idea was that, you you know, if you were coming up um, in the business, you would go and, you know, what's called like a hustle a set where you'd try to meet the coordinator, the stunt coordinator, or other stunt people that were working that day. Um, you know, opportunities like that are not, you know, they're not available right now. Um, you, you, nobody wants somebody stopping by and that, that hasn't been tested and checked and cleared and, you know, temperature taken and, and all that stuff. You know, no, no, nobody's got that kind of access anymore. So it, it's definitely a little more tricky. Um but, you know, that doesn't make it uh, impossible to, to come up because there's always a need for new faces and things like that. Uh, I think just having, you know, excelling in some degree, in some skill set would be the best way you could do it. And, and you know, seeing through parkour and martial arts tricking and, and whether it's BMX type stuff or, or you know, something in the snow, snowboarding, snow skiing, um, you know, there's lots of different avenues and paths for, for somebody to come into the business. Um, I do feel like there's a, a little bit of pedigree that, that now should be, um, should be presented. Um, I think, uh, you know, so whether that's, you know, we get a lot of gymnasts and, and things like that, um, or, or really excellent martial artists. If, if you're looking in the fight world, um, or, or people with like racing backgrounds for, for driving, um, you know, those are, those are just examples of, of the types of people that are coming into the business and getting into the business. And you see a lot of, 
you know, again, using the fights as an example, you see a lot of MMA guys kind of moving over as their uh, professional competitive careers kind of uh, start to um, wind down. Uh, they make their way in. And they might be doing sort of that stunt actor uh, type of uh, role, which is, uh, you know, really excellent. There is a recognizable face that, that draws people's attention. If you find out that, you know, Andre Olavsky is, you know, he, he did a, an episode in Limitless. Um, and I got to do some fight choreography with him. And that was awesome. But, you know, if you're uh, a fan of him or you're a fan of that show and you're aware of who he is or something like that, you know, having a having a name and, and a recognizable face like that uh, is really, um, you know, it's, it's a, it's beneficial for, for the show and, and certainly for the, uh, the individual themselves. Now, how does like an MMA fighter versus a stuntman, how does that translate over well? Because I, I find it to be, I would find it to be hard because MMA fighters are used to connecting yeah. and now you're not connecting. And right. so that whole kind of muscle memory, that whole kind of instinct is that a hard thing to? I mean, almost. I would almost want to train something that doesn't have fight experience to do, you know, fights as a stuntman versus a guy that has experience in beating someone to a pulp. How how hard yeah. is that to kind of reprogram someone? And is it easier or harder for someone with like an MMA background? Well, I've only worked with a couple other guys like that, um, and uh, you know, whether it was um, Dave Batista who, you know, professional wrestler understands distance and, and how much force to put behind something, but still make it look like it's full force. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what, just the amount of control that they have of their bodies. Um, you know, Dave Batista picked me up and threw me around the kitchen of a New York City, you know, Bushwick uh, apartment. Um, like I was a rag doll, uh, you know, picked me up onto his shoulders and slammed me to the, to the ground. Um, like I was nothing and did so with enough force for the two of us to, you know, really shake the foundations of the building. But, uh, you know, I, I had no, no, no damage. Uh, luckily we did just one take and he was happy with it. And so was I. So, but then working with Andre Orlovsky, um, you know, I had a number of scenes fighting him just in one sort of, um, group in one, one sort of uh, scene, you know, a, a couple of different sequences. And again, just the, this person, you know, this guy's um, awareness and, and uh, of distance and things like that was just phenomenal to me. I mean, we were doing a, a fight scene where he basically was supposed to be beating me to a pulp and he was throwing left rights across my face and barely like I could, he was coming close enough that I could feel the, 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 breeze blowing across my nose um and then he you know there was body shots as part of that as well and he was putting them just you know just a touch um and so fast um that you know there was there were points where i really had to change the way i was reacting to from one shot to the next um in in terms of whether it was coming from you know a punch coming from his left or his right uh you know i really had to move with that stuff in a in a way that i wasn't even accustomed to just based on his speed so yeah wow. it was uh, pretty pretty incredible nice now so not only do you do stunt work but now you are co-founder of one e9 sports tell us a little bit about that and what caused you to 
branch out into doing something different? Well, um, I mean, the, I think the reason why has mostly to do with uh, an injury I sustained back in 2016, um, doing a stunt, jumping from rooftop to rooftop, and uh, uh, broken ankle that hasn't quite um, hasn't quite recovered uh, and doesn't seem like it wants to uh, at this point. Four years later, um, so you know, I, I started thinking about different things that I would want to do, um, and I almost always go back to athletics. Um, it's just something I love. Uh, it's the way I had always kind of trained myself from, from the, the, you know, from being a kid growing up in Ohio, um, through my college career, then, um, you know, even moving forward when I first moved to New York, uh, just always, always training, doing something athletic and sporty, um, those are the things I just love to do. I and mean, I get a good feeling from it and, and, and want that feeling to continue for as long as possible. But um, sort of redirected uh, myself with 1E9 after creating this uh, this idea for um, sort of an extreme version of, of tennis that kind of melds, uh, you know, I call it a hybrid sport. Um, it's it's action, the action tennis series um, where we, we kind of um, – change the uh, the traditional sport and into something. Like a, a game of dodgeball going on in the middle of a tennis match is yeah yeah it's I got the describing it yeah yeah the, i mean that is uh, uh that's pretty accurate there's a little more to it in terms of what we've changed from the traditional sport whether it's the scoring um structure uh, and the environment that they're playing in itself um you know a lot more enclosed into a cage and we got some ramp walls built into the back of the, of the courts. Um, so, you know, we've kind of really uh, given it this industrial, um, you know, gritty kind of aesthetic and uh, really just kind of looking for a different way to present sports. And that's what 189 is, is focused on doing is just kind of creating these hybrid um, sports entertainment properties or competitions that, um, that really kind of, uh, you know, the, the, the premise of, of what we're trying to do is, is that, you know, today's athletes have evolved and, and it's time for the, the sports they play to start evolving with them. Um, you know, whether it's football or tennis or basketball or baseball, I mean, a lot of these sports are seeing a decline in their, um, audience and, you know, maybe it's because they've been relatively unchanged for a hundred years. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, so, you know, sort of exploring different ways to present sports that people are familiar with, um, but, uh, giving them a, a much more, um, entertainment based, uh, sort of, uh, layer. So, so yeah, something that kind of fits along the, uh, with like professional wrestling or American Ninja Warrior or even, um, you know, American Gladiators from, from not too far back. Oh yeah. Yeah. With the injury, is that something that you're looking at getting back into stunt work? Is there stunts that you can still do or with the ankles kind of limitations? But yeah, I mean, it's definitely, I am very limited in terms of what um, I'm able to do, but uh, my driving's gotten better. And, um, there you, go. you know, fight choreography is still something that I could do. And um, I do, I am the stunt coordinator for the Tonight Show uh, starring Jimmy Fallon. And, um, you know, that's, uh, there's a fair amount of work that I can still do, but it's not quite, keep you busy. Yeah. 
yeah, yeah, I'm still uh, still very much involved in it and still have a, a love for it. Um, although I don't get to do all the fun stuff that I, that I really enjoy. Is there another stuntman that you've always wanted to work with that you haven't yet? Um, no, you know, uh, gosh, there's so, there's so many great guys. Um, but I feel like, uh, I mean, I'm sure there are plenty that I haven't worked with or, or don't really know. Um, you know, if you're looking at the, the broadest scope of the, of the business in Los Angeles to New York, um, and the places in between, um, you know, the, the, as far as stunt people go, no, I mean, uh, you know, I've, I've worked with a lot of guys, um, at a lot of different levels. Um, and you can look at, you know, somebody like Simon Crane. I've worked on a couple of shows for him, uh, and, and his guy, Wade Eastwood, and, um, you know, guys like that. And, uh, I've just, uh, I've been able to, um, been fortunate enough to work with, with a pretty awesome group all around, uh, over the course of my career so far. Wow. Well, I just want to thank you for coming on. Uh, it's been a, a pleasure hearing about your work. I think it's something that we kind of tend to forget about. We hear about when Tom Cruise does some stunt that's amazing, but you never really hear about the, the men and women that are doing it on TV or movies you know, almost every day, it's, it's. Um, I think it's a unappreciated group that doesn't get kind of the full recognition that they should for the, the work that they do. So I really appreciate you coming on. Of course, I thank you very much for uh, for your time and having me on your show. Thank you. That does it for this episode. Thank you for listening to the Staffa Corner. Mm-hmm.